Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, March 4th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. March the 4th be with you. Yes, that is the saying. That That is 100% the way that nerds uh, talk. March the 4th be with you. That Doctor Uh, Who quote. What? (laughs) Throwing me off here. Anyway, I wanted to let you know that in the feed this weekend, we are going to have a ton of stuff. First off, Jennifer McHugh and I are going to be launching our third episode of This Week in Theater. Got a lot of cool stuff that we are talking about. I'm talking about a show that is having its world premiere that I will be at on Saturday night down uh, at the Colonial Theater in Miami Beach, Florida. And then Jen is going to be talking about the Signature Theater's production of She Loves Me over in Washington, D.C. Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama will be hitting the Patreon feed. We've got some uh, episodes of Class Notes with Lauren Class Schneider. I might drop an interview in as well. So tons of stuff in the feed. And of course, the only place you can hear everything before it hits the regular feed is at patreon.com slash broadwayradio. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news by talking about a report from Variety about a new musical aiming for Broadway. The show's working title is, I don't know how they want me to say this number, 6888 or 6888. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. Not me. 6888, the musical, and it is being executive produced by one Blair Underwood, who I believe Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people enjoy quite a bit, myself included. Correct. The musical tells the story of the all-black, all-woman army battalion in World War II that was tasked with solving a male crisis in England and France. The announcement of the musical comes just three days after the United States House of Representatives unanimously voted to award that battalion with a Congressional Medal of Honor. Since the Senate already passed the bill last year, all that we have to do is have President Biden sign it into law. Mm -hmm. The show will feature a book by Morgan J. Smart, Music and lyrics by Ron Vey O'Daniel and orchestrations by Javeres C. Myrick. As with most of these announcements, Ashley, we didn't really get a timetable or indication as to how far along in the right. process they are, but it sounds like a really cool concept for a musical. I mean, I think military musicals are really tough, but having this particular yeah. angle on it, um, so it's not actually about like the fighting uh, during World War II, but it's more about the things happening behind the scenes. Seems pretty uh, cool and interesting to me. It seems like a better angle than if it were the fighting aspect of it. Or even, I didn't particularly enjoy even like the bandstand of it all. I know a lot of people love bandstand, but I I guess in general, military musicals are not what I'm after. However, you're right. I think the behind the scenes aspect of all this is much better. I'm always interested in seeing what Blair Underwood is interested in putting up, and I will never reject having a cast of all women, especially all black women on the stage. Yeah, I don't know that the cast will necessarily be all black women. I don't know that the article said that, but the show is focusing on an all black woman battalion, so yeah, there might I would be some men or most women. Of it. Yeah, yes, exactly, enough. 100%. All right, let's move on to some show and casting news. As yesterday, the Vineyard Theater updated their season schedule and the previously announced Lessons in Survival 1971, which had been scheduled to be just a special event, will now get a full production running May 25th through June 30th. After a digital presentation in 2020 that was 
I mean, it was one of the most uh, beloved digital virtual things that mm-hmm. we had in, in 2020. Um, it is now coming to the stage, and the show dramatizes a real-life interview that happened in 1971 between poet Nikki Giovanni and novelist and playwright James Baldwin. The previously announced Sandra by David Kale has been moved to the fall. Now, heading uptown to 59 East 59th, it was announced this week that Broadway radio friend Alexandra Silber and Stephen Skybell and more will be leading the upcoming off-Broadway production of The Lucky Star by Karen Hartman. Of course, Alexandra Silber starred in the last Broadway revival of Fiddler on the Roof, and Stephen Skybell yeah. played Tevya in the Yiddish production of Fiddler on the Roof off-Broadway. So a nice Very little nice. Fiddler connection there. Uh, but the show will run from April 26th through June 12th as part of the Volt Festival of 59th, and the show is described thusly, quote, Like so many great mysteries, it all began in an attic with a dusty suitcase. Hmm. The discovery of a stash of over 200 letters in three languages opens clues to an untold history in The Lucky Star, a gripping true story of resilience and determination, a family torn apart by war, fighting to emigrate, escape, and survive. The scenes alternating between past and present, this mesmerizing, uplifting, and at times irreverent drama brings Richard Richard Hollander's book, Every Day Lasts a Year, a Jewish family's correspondence from from Poland to the stage, restoring a family's uncharted legacy. Now, Ashley, Mm -hmm. I am in. I yeah. was uh, honestly, I was in at Silber, but oh, totally. uh, that is just <laughs> yeah. phenomenally. That is phenomenally written ad copy right there. Yeah, definitely. I still don't entirely know what to expect from this because it does which give, is, which is why it's exactly, good. Exactly, right? which is exactly what I was going to say. That's what I want out of it. Yeah, you want ad copy that like wets your appetite, but then like leaves you still a little bit thirsty mm-hmm. to know more. Ooh, um, so that was very said well yourself. done. You like that? There you go. Um, <laughs> Put that I on some ad writer. copy. I know. I am a professional writer. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> finally in this section, Ashley, on yesterday's show, you and Grace talked about the world premiere musical Knoxville that'll be mm-hmm. debuting at Oslo Rep later this spring. Now I've got another world premiere musical actually debuting in Nashville, mm-hmm. and that is the new show May We All. This show will premiere at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center beginning on June 7th and will feature country music songs by Casey Musgraves, Dolly Parton, Miranda Lambert, Johnny Cash, Loretta Lynn, Florida Georgia Line, Brooks and Dunn, Boo, Chris Stapleton, (laughs) Keith Urban, Kenny Chesney, Little Big Town, Sarah Evans, Tim McGraw, the Zach Brown Band, and more. Uh, Now, first off, Ashley, Mm -hmm. how many of those country music artists are you or have you ever heard of before? Oh, all of them. I grew up in like rural New York. Like everything on cassette was country music in my house. All right, great. Now, this isn't a SpongeBob situation where they're like all writing a bunch of new songs. These will primarily. (laughs) Yeah, they will, especially because Johnny Cash is dead. Um, That might have been a clue. (laughs) No. But um, they will primarily be represented by numbers from their existing catalog. But Florida Georgia Lions, Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard are writing two original songs for the score. Now, the musical features a book by Troy Britton Johnson, Todd Johnson, and Eric Peffinger, and it will be directed by Shelley Butler. In the show, a small town girl named Jenna Coates Living strikes in out a in the lonely world. In a lonely living in a, well done. Um, she strikes out in the big city. No, it's all right. Um, she's trying to become a singer and doesn't work out in the big city. And when she comes home, she reconnects with the people and the places of her past. Together, they strive to create a better future 
for their beloved town and lives. Now, actually, I've often Cute. talked about how country music was ripe for the musical theater treatment. Yes, I, I don't know I was that. Just about to say that. Yeah, I don't know that jukeboxing it in this way is no. what I would do. Like, I think maybe taking. I've talked about how I feel like the chicks either could do a musical based off of like their mm. existing catalog, or they could write a new one. Um, but you know, doing something like that where it's like. A traditional, you know, jukebox musical where the the songs from a performer's catalog. But this could be interesting. I don't know. Sure. But, you know, the natural storytelling in country music yes, exactly. certainly lends itself to the stage. And it's certainly not surprising that they're doing it in a jukebox kind of way like this. But you're right. Like, I think country, especially older country music, is really ripe for the picking. And a lot of them are story songs and just really dramatic and only the way that, like, opera and music theater are like I think most older country songs and even new country songs I'm just not as overly familiar with that as I am like the older age of everybody um like I think they would all be really well adapted into like operas <laughs> <laughs> well it's interesting because there's such a difference between like you talked about like the classic country yeah. western country and like modern country yeah. I wonder if because this show is featured on Jenna, who is a singer, if like mm. a lot of these will be like performance songs, you know what I mean? Like Seems if they're like, like her on yeah. stage, could be or or not, or maybe it's a mix of both. But it would be interesting otherwise to see how they blend the styles of the different country music into a coherent, you know, type of musical oeuvre for this show. Um, but mm-hmm. perhaps it could be they have different. Um, you know, different characters singing from different ages, older yeah. characters singing the cash and the, and the parts and the newer true. ones, yeah. you know, could go that. But uh, I'm interested to see, like, I'm not necessarily yeah. like the biggest country music person in the world, but I grew up in Ohio. So, yes. Exactly. Um, Basically the and, same things, me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so we shall see. All right. Let's talk about, um, unfortunately, actually, the sad news of the day. Uh, as yesterday, we learned that the legendary set and costume designer Tony Walton had passed away at the age of 87. Walton was nominated for five Academy Awards, winning the 1979 award for Best Art Direction for All That Jazz. He won an Emmy for the Art Direction for 1985's Death of a Salesman and was nominated for six Tony Awards yeah. winning three, the original productions of Pippin and the House of Blue Leaves, as well as the iconic and never to be best yep. in 1992 Correct. revival of Guys and Dolls. Walton married his childhood sweetheart, you might have heard of her, Julie Andrews, mm-hmm, in 1959, mm-hmm. uh, and actually served as the visual consultant on Mary Poppins, for which he reserved, re- received his first Oscar nomination. The couple divorced in 1968, but remained close. In fact, Walton worked professionally with Andrews and their daughter, Emma Walton Hamilton, numerous times over the years, including illustrating several children's books that Julie and Emma wrote together. Now, I am not going to name them all, Ashley, but the (laughs) other shows that Tony worked on uh, on Broadway is incredible. So I'm going to run through just the highlights. These are just the highlights. But both the original and 1996 revival of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Golden Boy, The Apple Tree, Chicago, all original productions, A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine, Sophisticated Ladies, Hurley Burley, The 80s, Patti LuPone, Anything Goes, The Original Grand Hotel, Six Degrees of Separation, 
Will Rogers Follies, the 1993 She Loves Me revival, the 1995 Company revival, Steel Peer, Steel Peer, The Cripple of Inishman, The Boyfriend, which Julie Andrews directed in the 90s, or uh, mm-hmm. was that in the 90s or in the 2000s? Either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and many, many more. Um, you know, clearly somebody who, um, Knew what the hell he was doing. Yeah, yeah just absolutely, absolutely incredible yeah. uh, career. And he will be sorely missed. Our, our thoughts go out to, to everybody who loved him both personally and professionally or just knew his work from afar. So many people talking about how indelibly they were impacted by the visuals of Mary Poppins, myself oh, yeah, included. Like, absolutely. T- true story. True story. I think, I think it might have been Christmas of 2020. I gave my mom... A, uh, a, a watercolor of a scene from Mary Poppins in which mm-hmm. Mary and I think Bert are dancing with the penguins. Of course, the artist mm-hmm. who did that watercolor was her own Grace Aki. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> she, t- you know, she takes it down off of like the entertainment center in the living room for like Christmas to decorate. It was literally the first thing that was put up oh, uh, after that. Christmas. So we are Mary Poppins people and obviously. Uh, Walton's influence on that is huge. Yeah, what a remarkable career. You mentioned Pippin and Guys and Dolls, which so stood out to me earlier when I was reading his obituary and reading through all those credits. Just how iconic those are, especially to me, and how I think of theater and how I think of set design, and especially how much those two alone have influenced everything that has come in the decades ahead. Yeah, so much. Um, all right, we have some breaking news here, Ashley. I, it's not okay. like hugely breaking, but kind of like the news that you and Grace shared on yesterday's show about K-pop having auditions. Mm-hmm. We have just gotten an audition notice for a workshop, not for an actual production, um, but a developmental workshop for the Betty Boop musical that will ah. feature that that's long been in the work, like decades yeah. in the works from um, performer, writer and producer David Foster. The show has a creative team attached, which is all new. Um, Bob Martin uh, will be writing the book. Of course, Bob Martin is one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Susan Birkenhead, who literally hates all three of the hosts on Today on Broadway. Print that. <laughs> Um, she does not like us. Um, she is working on the show as well. And Jerry Mitchell, uh, is directing and choreographing. So they will be looking to have a developmental workshop, um, coming up, uh, later this spring. The deadline for submissions is later this month. They will be having that, uh, that developmental session from May 16th through June 3rd. Um, fun. It's, it's very, it's interesting. Um, I've heard things over the years from this show because David Foster has been working on it forever. Yeah. Um, so like stuff is out there. He's had his wife, Kat McPhee, um, record some of them, but Betty Boop is represented in this casting call and it does say that it is somebody who is in their early 20s so it doesn't seem like okay uh cat is going to be doing that there's been some other broadway folks attached to it over the years none of them seem to be um at least not penciled in yet like you talked about with grace yesterday they didn't list the character of mui who is the lead in k-pop because mm-hmm. it had already been cast yep. presumably 
Betty Boop is ca- is not cast, uh, at least not as of now, because they are open to submissions. So that'll be pretty Good. interesting to see <laughs> what happens from this. And it does say open to all ethnicities, which I actually think is important because there's been a lot of discussion yep. about the fact yep, that yep, Betty yep. Boop as a character dating back to the cartoons in the 30s or 40s, whenever it was, while it has always been represented as a white woman, she takes a lot of the physicality of how Baby she Esther. looks and how she sounds. Yeah. Um, from black women of the time. So I think that it's, uh, it would be a, a good move if they did um, include some of that in some way in the casting for this role. That is what I was coming to say and what I thought was the most important thing of it. I am glad they have this opened up and ha- hasn't been cast yet because presumably that means that they are looking for someone who is really going to embody the role. And I mean, the conversation, like I said, and like you said, of what... Uh, of whom uh, Betty Boop was represented to be, and that was Baby Esther Jones, who was a Cotton Club performer back in the 20s. Um, I hope that (laughs) that means that they are searching for a black younger woman who can represent this role correctly. Yeah, and one thing in the notice, the last two words of the notice for the Betty Boop role are in all caps and it says good dancer. So it seems to be a very dance heavy show, but that would obviously reference back to what you talked about with the original, you know, the, 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 the actual real life person, you know, being in a a cotton club kind of place. So Mm -hmm. that, that's very exciting. We will see what happens. I'm sure we will hear much more about it starting in May when they uh, get to work. All right, let's talk about some real quick things um, uh, that are theater-related, but not actually talking about what is happening on stage. Because uh, Thursday night and tomorrow night, Saturday night, the performances of Lincoln Center's acclaimed new opera version of Lynn, uh, Lynn Nottage's Intimate Apparel will be filmed and it will be presented for a future broadcast on PBS's Great Performances. Uh, I love everything Great Performances. I yeah. love almost everything Lynn Nottage. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited that this will be preserved and available to see uh, across the country on PBS stations, presumably part of the fall. Um, that's normally when these I things get released. So. Yeah. And it's definitely worth the watch. I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed it mostly as a Sunday matinee kind of show so i guess schedule your viewing of whenever you're actually going to watch it based on that yeah great performances normally airs on friday nights um so maybe you you dvr it or stream it it. yeah absolutely very good all right (laughs) um let's wrap up yesterday um audible announced a number of new audible original theater titles that were being released yesterday on the audible uh service the new slate features um, approval junkie uh, written and starring Faith Saley, who a lot of people know from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me or mm-hmm. CBS Sunday Morning. Also in there are And So We Walked, The Fever, Daddies, The Podcaster, and Bernarda's Daughters. If you want more information on all of those things, uh, we will have that information in the show notes. I will just note that The Daddies does co-star the always phenomenal Mark Lynn Baker. So anytime you can see or hear anything that he is involved in, I will do that. The podcaster Um, sounds like a horror story. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I live it. I I understand. My own personal horror story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, (laughs) the great Emmy nominee Lily Taylor stars in Wallace Shawn's The Fever. So also a good one as well. 
All right, let's wrap up with some feel-good recommendations. And I know you kind of talked about this production already, uh, but we have a slightly different video of Kate Baldwin and Aaron Laser. Very slightly. It's it's different. Settle down. Um, <laughs> rehearsing for the upcoming production of The Bridges of Madison County at the Axelrod uh, Performing Arts Center. Uh, that'll be running starting next week, March 11th through the 27th. And then I mentioned the Signature Theater's production of She Loves Me that'll be happening in Arlington, Virginia. Um, we have a rehearsal video from that. That production uh, stars the phenomenal Ali Ewalt, former Broadway radio guest as Amalia Balish mm-hmm. and Devin Kalori as George Nowak. That show um, is uh, actually currently running. It started earlier this week and will be running through April 24th. Um, so great regional Stellar. productions of beloved shows with phenomenal Broadway cast people. Absolutely. Um, recommend both those videos. And if you are near either of those theaters, go out and see them. Yeah, I'm not. So yeah, doubly yeah. so. Yeah, I'm not by either of those theaters, but uh, I will be... Uh, Just take a little flight. Some, I could, I could. I will be flying next week uh, up to New York City, so we I will see. I know it well. I know it yeah. well. You've heard of it. Yeah. All right, that is all that we have. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, This is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Like I said at the top, tons of content in the podcast feed. The only way you can hear it all ahead of time is by going to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you next week. 